I'm going to have to start trusting myself. God gave me this body and this brain and this mind and this spirit, and it's good. And so I need to start trusting it's good and stop believing the narrative that it's bad and can't be trusted. And I need to listen to all these other voices around me to rely on what's good. I looked at the doubts as my sin nature instead of the doubts as this is your mind and body trying to tell you this is out of alignment with you. And this is not what's meant for you. I think it's just if you listen, trust your inner knowing, if your body, if your spirit, if something in you doesn't feel right, follow that. It can be scary at times, especially if it's telling you something in a space you're really comfortable in. But don't ignore that because there's power in it. You are trustworthy. It's sending you that message for a reason. Follow that lead. Start with a simple step, but don't ignore that. Trust that your inner knowing is good that your body and mind and spirit are for you, that God gave you these tools to use and to manifest and, 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 and trust that just, I didn't, I didn't trust that soon enough. Welcome back to another episode of Unleash Thyself. I am your host, Konstantin Moron. And today we're peeling back the layers of emotional intelligence, self-care and empowerment with our incredible guest, Melissa Crook. Melissa is the inspiring woman behind FEEL, which stands for Finding Empowerment, Embracing Layers, and she's on a mission to normalize conversations around mental health, boundary setting, and vulnerability, especially for women and marginalized communities. Her podcast, The FEEL Podcast, serves as a sanctuary for all who seek an authentic space to grow together. Today, we're diving deep into Melissa's life-transforming awakening, a journey that began in the emergency room, but led her to holistic healing and emotional freedom. If you've ever felt weighed down by expectations, anxious without knowing why, or simply curious about how your emotional world links with your physical health, you won't want to miss this. We'll also explore what it really means to give yourself grace, how it's never too late to set off on a path of self-discovery, and the potential risks of not embracing change. And, of course, we'll also dive into the four pillars of self, which is a favorite topic of mine. However, before we dive in, if you're enjoying our episodes, I'd like to invite you to hit the like button, subscribe to Unleash Thyself, and if you feel inspired, leave us a review or comment. Your support means the world to us and helps us bring more impactful conversations like this one. So, let's get started. Welcome back to Unleash Thyself, the podcast that inspires and empowers you to unleash your full potential. I am thrilled to welcome Melissa Crook to the show. Melissa, we can't wait to hear more about the experiences and insights that have led you to where you are today and your unleashed moment, the moment you knew you are on your own path to becoming the best version of yourself. Melissa, it's such a pleasure to have you with us. Oh, thank you, Constantine. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. As am I. So I know your journey has been beautiful, many ups and downs. And I know there was something that was really interesting that happened to you a few years back that really put you on a path to unleash the best version of yourself. Should we start there? Yeah, I think that kind of is, that gives the idea behind it. So in the fall of 2019, I had just moved to where my husband Brady and I currently live in Lubbock, Texas for a new job opportunities that we took here. We've lived all over the country. I'm used to moving. It doesn't usually throw me 
you know, I've done it 11 times. So I'm pretty practiced. And I went, I thought it would be easier this time because we weren't moving kids with us this time. They were all either in college or out on their own. So I thought, oh, this will be the easiest move we've done in a while. And what I wasn't ready for is it kind of unleashed, for lack of a better word, some stuff within my own self that, that started screaming at me that it needed attention. So about three weeks into the move, I ended up in the ER twice over a 10-day period with racing heartbeat, sky-high blood pressure, bladder, just unloading issues, sweating, just like what is happening to my body. The first time, I really thought I was having a heart attack. We weren't even moved into our house yet. We were still staying at a hotel because some work was being done on our house before we could move in. So I went down to the lobby. I think I scared them to death. I'm like, I think I need to go to the hospital. My husband had already went to work. I ended up calling him and he wasn't very far away. And he actually beat the ambulance to the hotel and got me to the hospital, which wasn't very far away. And they went through everything. Like they, they, I got in there and I, my rates were crazy, really high. And they, they ran me through all of the things with my heart, with my blood pressure. They looked at all of my organs. Um, they put me on a heart monitor for a month, uh, you know, connected me with cardiologists. And then 10 days later, I was back there again with the bladder issue. And again, all the racing stuff. And through all that determined that there was nothing physically wrong with me, but there was a lot going on with unprocessed trauma, unprocessed emotions, hormones from being perimenopausal, all of those things were coming together and my body was basically screaming at me, pay attention to me. You have been taking care of everyone else your entire life, really starting back at probably really 10 years old, but even a little bit before that, taking care of others was, was I was told that's where my value was very early on. And, and so even though I had a pretty good physical workout regimen and I dabbled in therapy a couple times before, I'd never really opened up and fully explored it. And I think my body and my mind was saying, okay, you've got the space and time now. It's safe it's time to start going on this journey. And so in the ER, a nurse the second time around, he connected me with a holistic medical doctor. He's like, I think this guy might be able to help you. He goes at it a little bit of an unorthodox way, but he might be able to help you piece all these things together. And so that started the path. And then my husband looked at me, he goes, you know, I think it's time to get back into therapy. I think that, yeah, my family would have told you that I have dealt with anxiety challenges my whole life. I would have just told you, life is scary. A lot of unexpected things happen and there's a lot to worry about. I'm not anxious. I'm just on point. I'm not going to let anything surprise us. I'm not going to let anything sneak up on us. And they were right, <laughs> but I had to be to a place where I was willing to go there. And I think that's yeah. really key when you get on a healing journey. And that's really inspired my, you know, I got into therapy. It took me a while to accept the connection of emotional health to physical health and what was happening in my body emotionally was affecting my body physically. Not only, you know, you just put in the perimenopausal going into menopause piece, that can wreak enough havoc. But then when you pile on top of that, years of not allowing nuance for emotions and a little bit of self-care is good. I'll make time for my walk or my run every day, but then the energy goes to everybody else and not recognizing 
that that's not sustainable and it's not where our value is. And learning to find my value in who I was and being able to name what I cared about, what my dreams were based on my own expectations, not others. But that started that catapult of that journey and and got me to where I am today in the work that I do with my podcast. Wow, Melissa, such a powerful story and inspiring at the same time. So many parts I want to touch on, but I do want to start with that idea that we do tend to give our power away to everyone else before we put ourselves first. Mm -hmm. And that will show up in our lives in many different ways. Yeah. And I like the the way you told the story of how essentially your body, maybe even your higher self told you, hey, this is enough. This is a sign for you to do something about it. And you have a choice. You do something about it or you continue on this path and it's not probably going to be very pleasant. Yeah. When was the moment you realized you had to take control and, and make a choice for yourself rather than for anyone else? Was it like in that moment in the ER or was it after you talked to the therapists or the holistic healers? It was a combination of getting into the holistic doctor and starting to look at the different levels of things that were being affected and accepting in my therapy that this wasn't going to be a quick fix. I had this idea that I was going to go to therapy. She was going to give me some tools. I was never going to be anxious again. And I was going to be keep on going down the road. And I had realized, I, I would tell you, I'd go back to about 2017 when I was working with a memoir nonprofit in New York called Her Story. And I was working, doing my own writing as well as facilitating, helping young people do theirs. That began the journey of like, I wake up every day and I'm not as content as I should be. When you look at what's going on in my life, I should be happier than I am. I should not be living with this foreboding joy. So that, it really went back to 2017. What I had to get to is that point of how to open that up and get there. And but 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 that writing part was an important part of it, but it was really in getting into my therapist and believing that I have to view this as a journey, not an end point, and that I am going to continue to I had been a list maker like let's do this, accomplish it, do this, accomplish it, and I had to get comfortable sitting with myself, sitting in the quiet and all the noise that was going on in my head and getting comfortable starting to identify what's happening in my body and why. And, and instead of, you know, I think sometimes in Western medicine, not even sometimes, a lot of time in Western medicine, we give them a, we give, you know, we tell people what's happening and I've, I've got high blood pressure, they throw a pill at it. I'm not saying those aren't necessary. I had to do that for a while as I was going through therapy and getting a handle on these things, I needed to be on blood pressure medication for a while to help with that. But the blood pressure itself, you know, the hypertension itself wasn't the issue. It was all of the hypervigilance and anxiousness built up inside of me from years of experiences dating back to the environment I grew up in that kind of that set me on this path of feeling like I had to live on point all the time. And as things build up over time, I was able to get away with it. I didn't have high blood pressure for a long time until I got to this point. But everything, when everything starts piling up, at some point, your body has a breaking point. So it was probably that first six months of therapy. It took about six months to be like, oh boy, this is, I'm going to be, this is a long haul journey. 
And that's okay. I had to get okay with that. I had to be able to embrace that about myself and get okay with it. And I I talk a lot about in our podcast about embracing all of our layers because I don't believe you can really go into effective self-care and think that you're worthy of it and be able to identify what kind of boundaries you need, how to live out of your own expectations if you aren't first able to embrace all those parts of you that make you who you are. And in order to embrace those, you got to sit down with them and get real with them and be able to be kind to yourself and identify, I'm this way because of this experience and that set me on this path. And then that helps you to create some empathy for yourself. Or even if you're just young and you make a, a stupid mistake that sets you on a path, getting there, you know, sitting with that and looking at where you were at the time and giving yourself grace. Because I had several experiences from my past that I lived in shame with, that I kept secret, that I did not expose until I didn't even expose the last major one until a year and a half ago. And so it's been, like I said, I started in October, 2019, and we are well, half, we're at the halfway point over 2023, and I'm still into it. And, but I've accepted that's okay. And I will continue to learn and I will continue to pull back layers, but you got to get okay with that and you got to be open to it or else it won't open up for you. Hey, it's Constantine here. And I want to take a brief moment to truly thank you for being a part of this incredible journey of transformation. You are the reason we are creating this content. I see you and I appreciate you. Your support truly means the world to me. I want to ask you for a small favor. I'd love for you to join our mission by hitting like, subscribe, or leaving a thoughtful comment or review. Your engagement helps others discover these insights, and together we can continue to unlock the power of authenticity and personal transformation. And if you want to reach out directly to me, send me an email at constantine at unleashedthyself.com. I value any and all feedback. Thank you for being a part of this movement. Now, back to the episode. I resonate so strongly with that, uh, Melissa. I've gone through a lot of the similar scenarios you described, realizing that you have to sit with yourself, allow those emotions to come up, Allow the healing to come through and not be judgmental of yourself. Come from a place of self-love. Those are all tough lessons. And like you said, until you're really open to it and, well, first of all, become aware that that's even an issue and it's something you want to work on, it will take a bit of work. But let me ask you this. So looking back at your life mm-hmm. before, let's say, even 2017. Yeah. Do you remember any like big signs that either the universe, God, your higher self threw out your way and you kind of ignore because you had to go a certain way and push yourself through and help everyone else except yourself? Yeah, there's a few. I mean, I would say early on, even in my 20s, I have a very close friend. She's We've been friends since we were 9, 10 years old. And she started telling me, you need to talk about your journey, not only for yourself, but for others. You need to share what you've come out of because I grew up in an environment, I left the Mormon religion in my early 20s. That's a can be a hard thing to do and get out of. It's very very community-based. And if you're a Mormon out there, I'm glad it worked for you. It was not working for me. And so that my journey out of that and finding myself within that and getting okay with that and just the very emotionally chaotic environment that I grew up in. Um, and so my friend, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe. And I just kind of pushed it aside. I'm like, you know, I was 
I was, you know, newly married and, you know, starting to work and I got pregnant four months into being married, which was not the plan. That was a whole other journey. Surprise, surprise. And so I was just like, mm, not now. I've got these other things to tend to. So then about 10 years later, I, I got into therapy for a second time. I'd done a little therapy in college. And the therapy in college was important because it allowed me to name the environment I grew up in was abusive. And I'd never been willing to name that before because there were a lot of families and people around me living in a similar environment. And I really was taught to believe that abuse was a physical thing. So if mm -hmm. somebody wasn't beating me, you know, daily, then I wasn't being abused. And it had nothing, there was no talk about mental or emotional chaos and abuse and what that does to you. So that was the first time I, and that was an important step for me. So I don't want to minimize that. And then I went back in 10 years later and really dealt, started to first time deal with some trauma from a relationship I had been in that had a lot of emotional and, and sexual trauma in it. But again, only went so far because I was like, all right, I dealt with the time to get back to business. And that was, that one was a big, like I had things going on stomach wise at the time, but I was like middle of raising kids. My husband had his own trauma. He was going through time to get back to business and I got, someone's got to mind the shop. So I had those two things were very, very key. And then again, in 2014, 2015, we had made a big move to Chicago at the time. Again, things started coming up with my body. I would, are your body will tell you. And we look at our our body as the enemy, our body is for us and it's going to send us clues. We just have to be willing to listen to them. So at this time I start having issues with, with acid reflux. And so it was good. It made me look at, take a look at my diet and things, but I, I, I dove into those physical manifestations and I still wasn't willing to dive into the emotional manifestations that were feeding into it. So I dealt with the physical. I had some other things going on with my body hormonally, with breast cyst and, and as increased estrogen levels. But again, increased estrogen levels can be fed, but not only by pre-menopause pre and perimenopause, but also anxiousness and raised cortisol levels. And my cortisol levels got on some supplements for that, but I wasn't dealing with, so I was throwing some supplements at it. I was exercising a little harder. I was changing my diet, but I still wasn't going there emotionally. I was yeah, still- You were dealing with the symptoms, not the cause. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it wasn't until 2017 started dabbling in it with the writing, but 2019 when the my body, God, the universe shook me and said, no, 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 <laughs> no more. Hey, you got to stop. You got to drop everything and release- the false notion that it's selfish because women, you know, in our world, in the culture are, are told that you are to take care of everybody. You are the caretakers. You are the caregivers. You take care of everybody and you do that first. And what we don't think about is we can't do that well if we're not first taking care of ourselves. They're not, you know, it's we have to be a priority if we're going to live our best lives. So, but that's not what we're told. That's not the narrative that we're fed. <laughs> it's a couple of reasons why I asked that. Of course, it always fascinates me that we look back at our lives and there were always clues that we didn't pay attention to necessarily enough or at all. Yeah, yeah. I look back at my life, it's no different than yours, right? Different, of course, different clues. They showed up differently. Yeah. But why I like to mention that and ask that question is because I want to emphasize to our audience as well. It doesn't matter how old you are. No. Look at your life and you'll see these clues. And by listening to discussions like this, by listening to others, by watching what others have gone through, reading what others have gone through, you can make those 
better choices now so you can be on this journey a lot sooner than maybe otherwise you would be if you ignored them like maybe Melissa and I did for the earlier parts of our life. And that's the beauty of this is that, of course, it's never too late, right? Like you and no. I are here on this journey now, perfect, but it can be earlier. So if it's earlier, that means your, your impact down the road can be that much bigger. Oh, yes. And you can live your best life earlier, sooner. Yes, in, yes. Content at peace. I mean, I'm so passionate about that. I love that. I, I speak about the same thing, like follow your heart, do what makes you smile. And you never really work a day in your life. Even if you have to work a full-time job, I still work a full-time job. And I always have a smile on my face now because I'm actually living my purpose the way I see it. And I'm bringing that to my professional life and my personal life. Is it yeah. every day that way? Is it every day that I'm the, the happiest and joyful? No, of course not. We all have our tough days, but the goal is to have more good days than bad days, I would imagine. Yes. And that's definitely the case. A lot more good days than bad days now than before. Yes, absolutely. And I think within that, you've got to accept that life is a new one and be willing to feel all of your emotions. I mean, I start, I have a practice every day and I've shared this far and wide and I want everyone to institute it if you think it'll help you. But I start my day by naming how I'm feeling, period, across the board, tired, irritable, anxious, happy, grateful, all those things always come up, but I allow my room to myself room to name all of them and then identify why. Why am I feeling that way? What's the root of that? That informs my day, how I can go about my day, what capacity I have, what kind of self-care I need, what kind of exercise I need to do. Is there a conversation I need to have? Is, you know, is something but and then within that, I'm just grateful for that opportunity to sit down and just take five minutes to name what it is you're feeling and allow room for all of it. Because I spent most of my years allowing a primary emotion to rule my day, whatever the lead emotion was, whether it was coming from my kids, my husband, me, things that we had going on in our schedule, that's the emotion that drove the day and everything else got stuffed. Nice. And that led me down a road of feeling this, the kind of this foreboding joy and not really living in the full capacity and joy of my life. But I had to make room for feeling it all. And life is nuanced. It's going to be tragic and joyful. And it might be that in 24 hours, but we cannot experience all the joy if we don't also experience the hard and, and being and allowing yourself that and not feeling guilty if you feel multiple emotions in one day. I mean, I can feel incredibly sad and also incredibly grateful at the same time. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that message so much, Melissa. And that practice, oof, I definitely will give it a shot. I haven't, I've heard variations of it, but that sounds like you're allowing your emotions to come up. You're not judging yourself or why am I feeling angry when I should be grateful or why am I feeling sad when I should be happy? You're just allowing it all, understanding why, and then doing something about it, right? Yeah. It might be that you're sad because something happened in your life that you can't control and you can give yourself grace to be sad, to go through that process. And I think that's so important that oftentimes, and you know, I speak as a man here, we are told that emotions are not necessarily to, yes. be, to be shown, to be felt, to be shared with others. And I'm here, you know, from that point of view, I'm like, wow, I was like that most of my life. And now that I'm allowing them to come up, I'm allowing them to show themselves and I can be compassionate to myself and I changed everything. Now, yeah. is it perfect? No, because like you said earlier, it's a work in progress. It's no longer a destination. Oh, yeah. It's just an ongoing work that we, we go through to essentially get to get the most of our life. Yeah, absolutely. It's a journey and being okay with that. And Continue to be a learner. I think that's the biggest thing. 
and be okay with the fact that 10 years ago, I did things a lot differently. And instead of and being like, oh gosh, you know, you, you're not there anymore. You learned and you grew and you changed what needed to be changed and you adjusted. That's a good thing. 10 years from now, I hope to see that kind of growth again. Because if I don't, that means I've, I've become stagnant. Absolutely. I'm with you 100%. And it's, yeah, it's only even, for me, it's only even 10 years down the road, right? I want to see that growth yeah. on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So if I can be a better version of myself tomorrow than I than I was today, that's perfect. That means progress. And it doesn't have to be huge progress, which is what I was talking before as well. Yeah. Small changes to your behavior, even just now becoming aware of something you want to react again, right? All those things yes. are adding up and they're going to provide a big impact for you down the road. And you touched on something really important earlier. You mentioned that you've dealt with the physical body and the physical symptoms and not as much with the emotional stuff. And when you combine them, looking at both of them together is when you have some big transformation. And one of my biggest aha moments was the realization that we really have four bodies within ourselves that we should be working on. And of course, the physical one is one of them. Yes. The emotional one you mentioned, the mental one you mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. And there's also, I would, I would say, the, the spiritual body. Yes. And the way I look at this is kind of like four tires on a car. Mm-hmm. If let's say you don't work on any of them, of course, your tires will be flat. Maybe they're not aligned. You're not going to get very far. You're not going to get very far very fast. Yeah. Let's say two of them are really good, but the other two are not. Well, what happens to a car when two tires are out of balance and maybe not inflated as, as they should be? Again, you may not get to your destination. You may go you know, in a zigzag format and so on. And the same thing happens. So how about we get all four in balance somehow yes. and work on them? And when I realized that, I'm like, ooh, that makes so much sense. So now I'm working on yeah. my physical body, which has always been up and down and not necessarily a priority because my mental body was always a priority for me. And my spiritual one was, again, up and down. Mm-hmm. My emotional one was like almost never a priority. So how do we bring them to a spot where we can really work on them for the betterment of our whole being, so to speak? Well, I think, you know, for me, I can speak to my experience, but I had to get, be willing and open to look at all of them. And the one that was scariest for me to look at, you mentioned the spiritual side. I grew up, I grew up Mormon. I left that. I then went into very evangelical spaces for the next 25 years. And there were some good things within that, but within that also, there were a lot of narratives that were hurting me. And I had been ignoring my inner knowing for a long time when I was trying to rationalize the things that didn't add up for me and how they, how I could work them out and make them fit in my life so that I wasn't being disobedient or I wasn't, you know, giving too much credit to my sinful nature. And I had to really deconstruct my faith space and realize these things that I've been taught within this faith space are not working for me. And I do not believe this is actually what God wants for me. And so I'm going to have to leave this space and I'm going to have to start trusting myself. God gave me this body and this brain and this mind and this spirit and I, and it's good. And so I need to start trusting it's good and stop believing the narrative that it's bad and can't be trusted. And I need to listen to all these other voices around me to rely on what's good. And when I started, and that was a big step. It would start really for me started in 2020. I just was like, this isn't working for me. It's making me feel anxious. It's making me feel guilty because I'm not 
being faithful enough. I've got all this anxiety. It must be because I'm not being faithful enough. Believing narratives around just worldviews that I just weren't aligned with what I thought was the right thing and what my body had been telling me for years. I looked at the doubts as my sin nature instead of the doubts as this is your mind and body trying to tell you this is out of alignment with you. And this is not what's meant for you. And so once I, so I kind of, I, I dealt with the physical, I started dealing with the mental and emotional, and then I had to face up to, I'm going to have to walk out of some spaces that people in my life are going to probably give me some side eye about. And but that goes to the whole living out of your own expectations versus others, believing that you are good and that you are trustworthy, that you need to listen to these signals that your body and mind and spirit are giving you because they're there to guide you and direct you. And I still believe that God created me and this body. I just, I also know that the narratives I'm receiving are from human and humans are not perfect. We're not perfect. We don't get it right all the time. And as well-intentioned as those narratives might be, for me, they've done a lot of damage. And I have to deconstruct all the damage that that has done and get back to a place of feeling whole and, and content and at peace. My, my message out of that is if it doesn't feel right, if it feels off, if you get cringy, get into that. When, you, when, it, when I say cringy, when you're like, oh, it makes you feel uncomfortable, instead of running away from that or ignoring that, dive into that because it will continue to show up if you don't until you pay attention to it. Oh, such a beautiful message. And I agree with everything you said. What resonates with me really strongly is this idea that we have the answers. But we're so conditioned to look outside of us and listen to everyone else, hoping or thinking that they have the answer. And I was no different than you in that regard, not necessarily with religion, but with uh, everything from career to personal development to anything, you name it. Yeah. And again, that's not because people don't want the best for us. Right. But like you said, no one is perfect and they only know what they know. So they pass on their knowledge to us. Mm-hmm. But when we start challenging the status quo, when we start challenging those thoughts and apply our own, that's when we can say, you know what? I agree with that. I'll take that part from Melissa, but I don't agree with the other part. So I'm going to come up with my own thoughts around that and I'm going to follow that. Or yeah. I'm going to find someone that I agree with in that regard. Right. That's the beauty of it, because I think our society right now does something that is detrimental to all of us human beings, which is trying to say, Melissa, if I don't agree with something you said, then nothing you said is valuable. Yes, and and you make and it becomes personal that you are evil. You are evil. And, and I can't listen to anything about you. And it goes back to what you said. No one is perfect. So and at the same time, if you agree with everything I said then that might not be good for you. <laughs> right, right. Where is that where does that fit into your own alignment, your expectations? Or are you just trying to please somebody else? Exactly, right? So I'm the same way, right? If I always agree with a person, that means for the most part is I'm not challenging them enough. And I'm not challenging my own thoughts about what they're saying. Right. And the goal here is not to always find fault or to find something to disagree with, but more the goal is to again bring it to yourself and say, okay, what do I believe on this topic? And there are topics that have little to no interest to me. And in those regards, I'll defer to the scientists, to the professionals, to those people that know best. The topics that I care most about, which we talked about, the four bodies, so to speak, well, I I would want to have my own opinions and say, you know what? Melissa talks about a tool. I'm not sure if it's going to work for me, but I'll try it. I'll give it a week. Right. If it doesn't work, maybe it's a day or two, and I'm like, you know what, this is not for me, I move on. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it, that you have so much time on, on your hands, even though we think we don't have time. Try these small tools that 
can make such a big difference in your life. And the end of the day is pick whatever works for you, throw the rest out and keep moving and challenge, challenge, challenge. Don't take everything for granted or anything really, if you can. Right. Yeah. And also realize there's seasons. Something might work for a while and you're going to change. A season's going to change. You're going to move. You're going to change jobs. You're going to retire. Your kids are going to leave. You're going to have a child, whatever season you're in. And that is going to change. And that's okay too. Be, there's there's fluidity within life. but And I also think too, you talked about something earlier, there's power in people's stories. And I, if we would just be willing to listen to people's stories and experiences and realize we can't have everyone's experiences. So when we're, and it just creates empathy, it builds bridges because when you hear someone's experience, if it challenges something that you have always believed or not believed, be willing to sit with that. It doesn't mean you change your whole belief system, but you creates an empathy and room for conversation and room for acceptance and love, knowing that we're all on different journeys and all have different experiences, but they're all valuable and they're all important and they need to not be just be dismissed because it doesn't align with your experience. Oh, I love this so much. You're absolutely right. And the idea of seasons that actually resonates really well because for a while in the past, I used to be stuck in, oh, well, I've done this this way all my life. I really like doing it, but now I have to change it. Why? And, you know, be resistive, resistive to it. And that's, yeah. that's tough because most of us, when I say most, it's actually, I would imagine almost everyone have a tough time with change, especially mm-hmm. change that will disrupt whatever we feel is safe. Yeah. And that yeah. kind of goes back to that awareness piece. Why is this change necessary? What's in it for me? What's the risk of not changing, which is something people don't look at. And that's something that was a big aha moment for me because in my professional life, I deal with a lot of change management, organizational change management. And one of the big pieces that we talk about early in a change process is this idea of what's the risk of not changing. Like if I stay the same, if I don't change this part of me, so let's say with me, my health, my weight, if I don't take control of that right now, as a time 40, what's the risk of not changing? And all of a sudden, light bulbs go off and you're like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of things that can go wrong if you continue down this path. Yeah. We could take the emotional health. What's yeah. the risk of not changing how we handle our emotions? Well, we continue being this person that reacts easily, that gets angry, doesn't feel happy, allows a bad emotion, like you gave an example earlier, to control your entire day. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter how beautiful the day is. How many people make you smile, your kids, your dogs, your partner, none of that matters. You're still going to be angry or upset or sad. And yeah, just look at what's the risk of not changing. And then when you realize comparing what's the benefit of changing or what's the risk of not changing, you're like, okay, I got to do something. Yeah, you do. And I think, you know, change requires courage and it requires, and I think, unfortunately, and the conversations I've started, and we talked about this earlier to stop this is that unfortunately we wait for something really big or hard to happen before we're like, all right, I'll pay attention. Yeah. And the hope is, but change does require courage. Uh, you know, a change we made in our lives is in 2014, we left, we'd lived in an area of the Northwest for about nine years. We'd li- raised our kids there. It was very safe, surrounded by a lot of people like us. A lot of people looked like us, believed like us, all those things. It was very safe and all that. And my husband was coming into a job change and we could have selected another job that kept us in that general region and continued down our safe path. But we're like, you know what, if we're going to do this, the kids are going to have to change schools anyway, regardless of what we do. So let's, let's make it worthwhile. Let's do something different. Let's challenge ourselves to do something that's going to stretch us because we'd 
already were noticing that we'd become complacent in a lot of areas of our lives. And so we did that. We left that area in the Northwest. We moved to Chicago. It was our middle daughter's senior year of high school and our youngest daughter's sophomore year. Our oldest was already in college. So it didn't affect her as much, but, and, and, and had to tell the kids are like, you're going to have to trust us on this. I know this is wild and, and whatnot, but you're going to have to trust us. And it was hard. There were a lot of very hard things in it. I do not want to we, our house didn't sell for forever. It was a big adjustment for our daughters. They really went through some bumpy times. I went through some bumpy times. We all did. But it's the best thing we ever did because it was an awakening to what our complacency. It was awakening to the growth that we needed to happen. It was an awakening to our belief system. It was an awakening to how we view our place in the world, how we vote, what our values are, and how those affect other people, other systems. It was just this giant awakening that I will say it's the hardest nine years of my life these last nine years. It's also the most growth. And I feel more aligned with myself than I ever have. And that doesn't happen if we chose the safe route. Yeah, I love that message because it was really so close to home in the sense that most of us, we go through challenges. So mm -hmm. if we stay away from challenges, like you said, if you stay in the safety zone, where there's nothing to challenge your belief system, nothing to yeah. challenge the way of life and any of that stuff, then of course, it's very hard for you to grow because again, we talked about awareness. If you stay the same, there is no awareness of anything else. There is beauty in that and some people enjoy that type of life. But if you want to grow as a person and to help those around you, you likely have to face a few challenges and some will come by choice. Like yes. in this case, you chose to move. Right. Right. But some will not come by choice, like the health issues you experienced, right? Yeah. So I guess the, the big lesson for me in that is which choice do you want? The one yeah. where you can take full control and say, I'm choosing this, or do you want to allow someone else to come in and say, well, you have no choice now. You have to deal with this. And that comes in the form of a health scare or other type of scare, right? Mental, sure. emotional, physical. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, look at where you are in your job. If you're feeling complacent or you, you see some clues or there's some, it just doesn't align with your values and don't wait for, you know, moment where all of a sudden maybe there's not space for you anymore because you didn't make a change or you're just so unhappy that you're forced to make a change. You have this big breakdown. Don't wait for the breakdowns list. And I'm talking out of experience. Trust me. I waited for the breakdowns. I do not recommend them, but also had some choices along the way that were hard, but no, absolutely no regrets. Even though I could tell you a list of 10 things within them that were very hard about them that I would have liked to skip over. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, uh, that's so much there, of course. But again, if you skip over some of those, right, the question comes exactly. down to... Those lessons, do you need them or not? Likely you do, right? Yes, you do need them. And that's what awakens you to the things. It can get very uncomfortable when you start looking at thoughts and ways that you've existed in your life that you're like, oh, gosh, that needs to be addressed. And that's where that compassion piece comes in. That's where you got it. It's real easy to get hard on yourself and ugly on yourself in those moments. And your self-talk can become really problematic that's where, and that's where I've had to learn because I was a, a problematic self-talker for a lot of years. And someone gave me the example of, would you talk to your best friend that way? Would you, would you talk to your daughter that way? Would you talk to your sister that way, your partner that way? And that really helped me reframe it. It goes back to you know, just accepting the wholeness of life and all that comes with it and knowing that you got to be open to all of it to experience all of it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So 
building up on that message you just shared, let's talk a bit about your podcast, the Fear yeah. Podcast, right? Finding Empowerment, and then it's Embracing Layers. I just yes. put my note there. Can you tell me a bit more about how you, you came yeah. up with that idea and why? Yes. We talked about my journey. You've heard my story. Well, we get to March of 2021 and my husband's birthday is on March 1st. And he was working through a Brene Brown book at the time, big fans of Brene Brown in our house and just how she's challenged our thinking. And it that requirement was that he do a dream on that next step. I want to say requirement. The choice next step was that he do a dream wall. And so he wanted to do that on his birthday. He always takes his day off for his birthday. So he's like, I want to dedicate two hours this afternoon to a dream wall. Will you do this with me? I'm like, sure. And what, <laughs> I, that? What, uh... Well, that was just it. I was like, what, how do we even know that? So Brene gives you these lists in this book of how you identify what, what, make, what fires you. You start with like, what really makes you feel passionate and gives you kind of a path to go down. What makes you feel passionate? What do you feel like you want to fight for? What makes you excited to get up in the morning? What are your strengths? What is something you can do within that? What is something that's a strength of yours that you can live that out? And so that kind of helps you get to where it was. And so through, so you get sticky notes and you just start writing things down and you put them up on a wall to kind of lead you down that path. And hence the dream wall. So we took one of our daughters, the spare bedrooms that they were off. They'd gone back to their world kind of semi post COVID. I wasn't really post, but semi enough to, to leave. And so we used one of their walls and Brady took a wall and I took a wall and we just start with these colorful sticky notes, started writing out these you know, through this activity. And I got to a space where I was like, I've always been passionate about women. I've always been passionate about underserved voices. I've always been passionate about us being heard and having a place to have these conversations. And what I have learned in my journey over the last two plus years is there's a lot of conversations that we are not having because we've been told they're not appropriate. We've been told that those need to be private, that there's a stigma around them. And I was like, we've got to bust this open and start having these conversations so that women aren't ending up on the path I ended up on. And, and we've had men on our show too. It's not, but it's primarily toward based towards women because of the narrative we hear that self-care is, is selfish and taking time for yourself is selfish and having boundaries is selfish. I'm like, I'm, we're going to dismantle that thought system. And I've lived all over the country and I know a lot of women that have walked down this path as well. And they come from different backgrounds. They come from different, they're different age groups, different parts of the country, different ethnicities, different faith spaces. We're going to bring all these voices to the table and have these conversations as a way to build community, as a way to feel empowered, as a way to get resources from other women who are on this journey so that we can, so we can start embarking on this and take the stigma off of this. And so I was like, I'm good at talking. I like to talk. What about a podcast? And so then I'm like, okay, how do I go from there? Because Yes, I'm good at talking, but I'm not the most tech savvy person on the planet. So where do I go from there? Well, I had a young woman that I had been mentoring for the last couple of years who did have some tech savvy in her. She had been a podcast producer in college through a class that she did in communications. And then another young woman who is a college roommate of my middle daughter's had a marketing background and she knew how to set up websites and social media pages. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm thinking of, of having these conversations. Would you be willing to help me get this launched? Because I don't know how to do the things you do. They were both 2020 grads. They needed job experience. They needed something to put on the resume. 
so they could get out there in the world. And so they said, yeah, we love this. We'll come on this journey. And then collectively through them and my three daughters and my husband and my son-in-law, we kind of all collectively came up with these talking points. We first came up with the name, The Feel Podcast. We wanted to have something, an acronym that would catch people's attention. So we came up with that. And then we came up with the Finding Empowerment, Embracing. And then from there, we named out, okay, let's look at what has talking points that has helped. What is the path that has helped me get here that aligns with this? And that's how we came up with our eight talking points, how to prioritize self-care in your life, confidently setting boundaries, taking care of our emotional health and our physical health. How can we support ourselves and other women in living unapologetically? The importance of coming back to your why and your values and everything you do. Living out of your own expectations versus others. And through all this, accepting the layered aspects of yourselves so that you can live out finding empowerment, embracing layers. And then, so I, I just started inviting women into these conversations and, and I was like, I had no idea. Like I knew I, we started from ground zero. I had no brand. I had no following. It was just ground zero, but I'm like, there's a place for this. And this is what I can do to contribute and hopefully help other women start getting on these things earlier and having these conversations and so we we just we started doing that in July of 2021 and we're continuing to do that today and it has all kinds of friends and people I know it also has thought leaders from certain spaces we dive into those hard topics we talk about mental health we talk about mental health in the black communities mental health in the hispanic and latinx communities we talk about the lgbtqia experience we talk about women that have been on different faith journeys that have been abused that have We talk about different ways you can heal through different narratives and healing practices. We talk about, we've got some topics coming up this fall that talk about finances and alcohol and and, and how that's, there's so much shame around those, especially amongst women who have that challenge with some kind of addiction. We talk about lose what it's like to lose a child and the sadness in the morning and the stigmas that go around that. So we, 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 we talk about menopause, we talk about periods, we'd say, and we say the words and we talk about those things. And the idea is if you come to our podcast, you will find somebody in an episode that you can resonate with. And then we have a sources page on our website and our sources page is where all of our guests share their sources of how they live out these talking points, what's helpful to them. So that, and that lives there for perpetuity. People can go to that sources page and find that thing that might help them and find somebody that they can connect with. And through sharing these stories, then we all know how to show up unapologetically for each other. Yes. Oh, so beautiful, Melissa. I love it. I love it. And a lot of it resonates so closely to home because- I've gone through a similar process as you to launch this. Yes. Almost two years after you launched yours, but yeah, yeah, it's been a journey and it's beautiful because neither of us could be doing this today if we hadn't started our journey and had gone through some of those tough times and progressed with the journey and neither of us are at the finish line yet. And hopefully yeah. we won't be anytime soon because then how do you grow if you stop learning? If you Exactly. If you exactly. There's no more to offer if you stop learning. I mean, that's the whole message is be a learner. For your whole life. Yeah, and what you say with the stories, right? That's one message yeah. I want to get across to my audience and our audience together when they come and listen to this. I want to be on your show later on this year. But mm-hmm. there is the idea that we all have such unique journeys, which means mm-hmm. we all have amazing stories to share. And we're not alone on this. No. So share your share your journey with someone close, maybe the beginning, then share it with others. Get on TikTok, get on Instagram, doesn't matter where, YouTube, start a podcast, be on a podcast. 
Yes. Because like you said, you don't know who is going to benefit from it. And yeah. chances are, big chances, that whatever struggles you've gone through, you're not alone, which means others have gone through the same thing, which means you can help someone that's where you were 10 years ago or five or two years ago. Yes, I, because I think so much sometimes when we go through some of these experiences, it feels very isolating. And it's like, it's isolating because we've been told not to talk about it. Yes. And so that's why we've got to take that stigma because there's a whole community of people out there that are on this journey too. And when you open up that community and they see you walking it out, it invites them into it. It allows them to feel like they can come into it too. And and that and that's the beauty of it. You know, we have a sub stack and we invite people to join our Substack because that's where our newsletters and blogs drop first and have conversations about what's working for them, what's affecting them, what really struck them about that episode that that blog and newsletter are built around, but inviting them in. There's a place for you to be welcome. You know, and we on our website, embracingtheirs.com, we have, you know, let us know how you feel. Email us, let us know, share your experience with us. But yeah, it's that saying it out loud and taking that stigma off of the silence that so we can come out of isolation and be healthier together. I love the message. Exactly. I don't know a hundred percent. And that's pretty much the message I want to portray as well. And the beauty of it is that what you do and what I do here, when we do together, it doesn't care about color, race, sexual orientation. None of those things matter because we're all human beings at the, at the core of it. Yes. And we're all here to live a joyful, happy life. So how do we do that? together idea. Yeah. Yeah. And break down those systems that are keeping disallowing people from doing that. What can we do to help and support to, to create systems that are healthy and safe for all of us, you know, exactly. around the world where we all have the same freedoms and all, and can do this together. And for those of us that have more privilege and power than others, how do we, how do we take that space and make room? And I think we have to get rid of this whole scarcity mindset. There's room for you and I in this conversation. You know, we don't have to feel like we can't, oh, I can't do that because Constantine's already talking about that and there's not room for me or I can't share space. You know, yes, we can't share space and we can not only share space in our podcast world, we can share space with each other and lift each other up. And if I'm not, if an opportunity is not open for me, who am I letting know that it might be right for, you know, just it's simple things like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent, Melissa. So you did mention your website where people can find more. Where else can they find you and the podcast? So I mentioned embracinglayers.com. We are also available on all of the socials. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok. If you want to just see shorts and little blurbs about our episodes, go to YouTube, listen to our YouTube shorts. Our TikTok reels will always um, invite you into our new episodes when they drop and other topics that we're engaging with and talking about on the podcast, but wherever that place is, and then in, into our Substack. Our Substack is a great place to have conversations in the community. And you'll see we're in the process of adjusting our logo. When we went into this space a few years ago, some social media spaces allowed the field podcast and some allowed embracing layers. So we're working on this summer of combining like one. So our, our overall name is Embracing Layers with the subtitle, The Field Podcast. And that's how we're going to be seen moving forward. We're in process of working on that right now. But if you plug in The Field Podcast or Embracing Layers, we will pop up on all of those social medias. Follow us, engage with us. Let us know what you want to hear from us. Is there a, there's something we're not representing yet? Or let us know what's helped you. Help us with those stories so we know what's working and what people 
like. It, it really informs on, on the topics we talk about and the talking points we use. Share with us your stories of what's been impactful, but we want to we want to have conversations. We're also getting ready to release a book in the fall. For those of you that aren't into podcasts, you're going to be able to learn about our first four seasons in book form and be invited into the conversation that way. So we just want to make space for these conversations and invite people into them. Amazing. That's beautiful. Melissa. Well, I want to thank you so much for the conversation today and everything that we delved into. Before I let you go, though, is there anything else you'd like to add, anything that we haven't talked about that you feel may be important in this moment? I think it's just if you listen, trust your inner knowing, if your body, if your spirit, if something in you doesn't feel right, follow that. It can be scary at times, especially if it's telling you something in a space you're really comfortable in. But don't ignore that because there's power in it. You are trustworthy. It's sending you that message for a reason. Follow that lead. Start with a simple step, but don't ignore that. Trust that your inner knowing is good, that your body and mind and spirit are for you, that God gave you these tools to use and to manifest and, 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 and trust that. Just try, I, didn't, I didn't trust that soon enough. I love that message. And that's a message I would imagine for your younger self as well as anyone listening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, do... And, I go back and talk to my inner child and let her know that, you know, I do that through my therapy, but I let that inner child know, trust yourself. You're on the right path. I'm here with you. I'm for you. This is a safe space. It's, there's a lot of power in that. I have one last question for you. And I know you mentioned you have three daughters, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. How has it changed your relationship with them being on this path? Oh gosh. You know, it's just really enabled me as a parent to, because they were really on this path before me. They inspired me to get on this path. Mm. I will tell you in 2017, I saw them living in much more contentment than I was living in. I saw them living with much more peace. And I was like, and they would, they would get frustrated with me for where I was coming from. And rightfully so, especially as I look back on it. And I'm like, how do I get there? What am I missing in my life? And so that started me on that journey. And what it has allowed me to do within that is recognize the things that I did as a mom that maybe weren't helpful. And instead of beating myself up about it or being defensive about it, approaching it with like, listen, I'm sorry I approached that that way. I want, I, I, I've learned that. So I hope you understand that and see and for, be able to forgive me for that. And also, you know, what, what kind of repair do we need moving forward, if any, in that space? And so just that openness to having those conversations but also as a mom, I think sometimes with our moms, we get so caught up in our kids and we're so identified by being by their mom that every little thing they say or think about us just completely crushes us. Also not being identified by their expectations versus my own expectations, you know, releasing that codependency on that and knowing we're not always going to agree on everything and that's okay. And that doesn't mean they're wrong or I'm wrong, but not identifying with that and defining my identity through that as their mom. Love that. And I, what I like about the message and what I'm taking from it as well, because I'm not a mother, but by being on this journey, and I've seen it in my life, you're becoming a better version of yourself. And that means that the relationships with those that you hold dear in your heart, be it your kids or otherwise, will become much better. There is no alternative. No, there's not. You're just becoming better, which means that everything will become better as well. Of course, some people will live your life. Yeah, Maybe even some family members, because now you're not resonating with them anymore. They don't resonate with you. There might be some conflict, but that's fine. But 
those people that care about you and you care about them, those relationships, they'll be like never before. Oh, 100%. I'm so glad you brought that up. We literally talk about that. That's our last point in our uh, podcast. We're like, how does walking this journey of feel affect your relationship with yourself as well as your relationship with others? And time and time again, it comes up that you find yourself in the end when you do this work, surrounded by the people that are truly for you, that are truly with you that are truly going to show up for you and accept you and love you. You know, these relationships can have seasons sometimes, and that's okay. Sometimes we feel like we have to hang on to relationships. And if we don't, it means that we've done something bad or they've done something bad. Sometimes you just go on different paths, you know? And so look at, and at those, and if you're on a different path, that's okay. It doesn't mean you have to, anybody did anything wrong, but yeah, you're surrounding yourself and you're showing up the way you want to show up in a relationship which I'm starting to do that for the first time in my life these last couple of years. I'm actually showing up and it's a practice. Like it's a, you know, you don't get it right every time. There are things that trigger you. They're going to set you off course. So you've got to release that idea of perfection as well. But, but also that awareness. If I show up a way I didn't want to, I'm aware of it pretty quickly now. Instead of being defensive about that, I'm able to, ident- oh yeah, I can see where that came from. And I can, I'm able to be accountable and own it instead of just being defensive and mad about it. Yeah, absolutely, Melissa. I'm with you 100%. Awesome. Okay, Melissa, well, again, thank you so much. I want to thank the audience for sticking with us. And I hope you got at least one thing to apply <laughs> to your life today and see if it works. If it doesn't, move on to the next one. So thank you. Thank you so much, Constantine. Thank you so much for joining us on this exploration of personal transformation. Your presence and engagement are at the heart of what we do, and I sincerely appreciate you, your time and thirst for knowledge, inspiration, and empowerment. Please consider showing your support by hitting like, subscribe, leaving a comment, or writing a review. Your engagement not only fuels our mission, but also helps others discover these insights. For more daily guidance on personal transformation across the mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical realms, be sure to visit our website at unleashthyself.com. You can also find us on Instagram at unleashthyselftoday, TikTok and YouTube at unleashthyself, and there we post daily content designed to inspire and empower you on your journey. If you have any specific thoughts, questions, or feedback, I truly value your input. Or if you'd like to have a conversation with me, or work with me, please feel free to email me directly at constantine at unleashthyself.com. I would love to hear from you. Together, we're building a community united in authenticity and purpose. Once again, thank you for being a part of this movement. Until next time, continue to embrace your true self and live a life on purpose, with purpose. See you in the next episode.